to apologize in advance. I, I'm thinking of my daughter. So I have to, I'm going to have to stop in the middle. Okay. But, uh, uh, they said, it's starting. Good. Okay, very good. Okay, but I want to do the second, uh, the second uh, passion, Noach, and we're going to use the upcoming uh, safe for the book called uh, Living the Hasidic Heritage or Legacy and uh, discuss the passion of Noah from the Shem Shmuel. So he quotes a medrash and the medrash is uh, a little bit puzzling because this medrash says it's a medrash in Shmos Rabba Pasha 30, it's not even on Pasha Noah. In Shmos, Shmos. So there the Medrash says that Rabbi Acha said Hashem wanted to give four things to the generation of the flood. He wanted to give them four gifts. And the four gifts were going to be Torah, Yisurim, which is suffering, Korbanos, sacrifices, and Tefillah, prayer. But they didn't accept those gifts. Rather, they went the other way. So they were destroyed because they decided they did sins. And, uh, and so eventually they were destroyed in the flood. However, what the shame Shmuel would like to explain is what are these four gifts? Because obviously they weren't given to the generation of the flood because of their wickedness but they did wind up with the Jewish people. Jewish people have these four gifts of Torah. We're the only people who have the gift of Torah. Yisurim, suffering, Kabanos, we have a basic English and Kabanos, and Tefillah and prayer. So it came to us. So what was, what are these four special gifts? And what was that concept of giving it to the generation of the Mabu? before they turned out to be so wicked and they got destroyed. So I have to turn back a little bit to the creation of the world last week in Pasha's Bereshis, where Hashem put Adam and Chava into Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden. And this is before they ate from the Eitz Hadas. So before pe- the people ate from the Eitz Hadas, they had, they had a certain type of a neshama, soul, which was pure. It was tar. It didn't have evil inside of it. Now maybe, Rafashim say there was evil outside, but it wasn't the inside. The Eitz was the evil that they had to stay away from, but it was an outside evil. It's hard to figure out exactly what this means, an evil outside versus inside, but I would suggest maybe you could say that when people today, after the Eitz was eaten from, and people have what's called the Eitz they have an evil which is within them, uh, that means that the urge, the urge to do evil is irrational. It doesn't come only because of some kind of misguided thinking. It, it, it's an impulse, many times an impulse, which can't explain it. It just is a certain impulse or drive or ruts on the will to do something bad. Maybe, for example, a person will get angry at something. Why do you get angry? Why do you choose anger as the response? It's hard to know. It's just an impulse. It's an impulse. It tells him, get angry. So this is I would call the internal evil. That the, the, the rat is inside and it doesn't always, and most of the time, it doesn't have any rationale. However, before the Eitz Adas, there was evil. Adam and Chava did a sin. They could do a sin. They could make a bad choice. But it wasn't because of any internal impulse. It was something external, which means it was a product of some kind of false thinking. They could make a bad choice if they thought things through the wrong way. But it would, it would definitely be based on some kind of rational decision. Like the Torah explains that the Nachash told Chava, eat from the Eitz Adas, be some Kelohim. 
He said, you're going to get some kind of knowledge which is going to make you more godly. So that's a, that's a rational argument. And, you know, she wants to be more godly because she knows that the purpose of being a human being is that we are human, and the goal is to become more godlike. So we have the Tzalem Elohim. With the Tzalem Elohim, which we have, is, uh, is, a, is let's call it a quality, to be like Hashem. And the, maybe some people might say it's the main purpose of life is to try to develop our Tzalem Elohim to make it as godly as possible. But because of the Tzalem Elohim, the godliness of people, a lot of it is in potential. It's not, it's not complete. So let's say with an angel, an angel is also called uh, B'nai Elohim, the son, of, uh, the son of Hashem or the power of Hashem. An angel's Kedusha, his godliness is there, it's apparent to him, and there's nothing to develop. It's a given. Like the, all the, all the Hasidic Shesvam say, that there is a Pasuk in Tanakh where it says that the Navi is told, you will be a Mahalech Bein Ha'omdim. You will walk through those who stand, and those who are standing in that particular Nebuah were angels. It says, you will walk through the angels. They're standing there, you're going to walk. Which says that the, all the Hasidic Shesvam say is a statement in the Tanakh, which is fundamental statement about the character of, of human life is that the difference between us and angels is that both of us are, are created in God's image, which means that we have godliness. However, the difference is that the angels are given a certain godliness, which they are aware of, and they stay at that level. They don't move up or down. But the human being is given godliness. He may feel some of it, but there's a lot of it which is potential, and he can develop and get become more godly. So he's a holech, and the angels are omdim. So the difference between a human being and an angel is this thing, that we both are products of Hashem, Shom Aleichem Yaakov, we both are products of Hashem, and we have godliness, but the difference is angels' godliness is a fixed amount, it's, it's static, it's stable, and the human being's godliness is, is uh, variable, and the big point is he or she can gain more godliness, can bring it out, maybe find it outside and bring it in, and we spoke about this last week, that maybe one of the most important parts of life is to find Kedusha to find more godliness in the world around us and within us and to bring it out and to, and to get connected to this Tzalamelo uh, Kim, which is in potential and has to be uh, accessed. So the, Kedusha, the quest for Kedusha, the quest for holiness is according to Hasidus, and, and basically it's based on the Ariya Kadosh, that the Ariya Kadosh says that the purpose of human life is to discover what he calls Nitzot Takedusha, the potential godliness which is outside and inside to, to access it. We're the only ones who can do that. Okay? No one else, no, no, of course no animal, but not even angels can access more Kedusha than they have. They can only say to Hashem, Kadosh, 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 Hashem Tzavakot. They can't say we will get more Kedusha, but we can get more Kedusha. We can get more Kedusha. And I, was, I gave a shir last night. I spoke about how the Kedusha of Israel, the Jewish holiness, is so powerful that not only do we get more Kedusha, we do a mitzvah, every time a person does a mitzvah, he or she adds more Kedusha to themselves. But not only that, we can be makadesh things outside of us, like the Jewish people goes into the land of Eretz Israel and is makadesh the land. So the land is basically, before the Jews come in, is at some level of Kedusha. And the Jews come in and take control, do a kibush, and they create more Kedusha in the land. So that's an amazing. Not only can we discover Kedusha and, and bring it in or bring it into ourselves, we can actually take the Kedusha which we have and be makadesh the outside. That's incredible. So that's the Selim Elohim perhaps at the highest possible level, just like the Kaddosh Baruch Hu, Kaddosh, 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 he is Kaddosh, and he is Makadesh, he creates Kedusha, so to speak, in the world, 
and in a certain way you can say it's it's outside of him. He puts it into the world. Not only can Hashem do this, people can do this. People can be Makadosh outside. So the quest for holiness and then to use that holiness is perhaps, according to the Riyah Kadosh, he states it very clearly, is the main mission of human existence. So basically what we said last week was, as a project, and I've been speaking to people who, who followed this, is that every single day when you, before you go to sleep, or every morning when you wake up, take a, a notebook and write down, what did I do during this day to access Kedusha? Maybe I davened three times a day. Maybe I learned Torah. I went to, into a yeshiva, into a shul. What did I do to find Kedusha? And then you can even write down, what did I do to create Kedusha, to share my Kedusha outside of me? So for Rebbe, I gave a share. So I shared the Kedusha, which I have from the Torah, which I know, with other people. So I gave Kedusha out. So you also... You can share your kedusha with others. If you do a good deed, you help somebody. So why are you doing that good deed? Because you want to be like like Hashem. You want to be good, which means to be like Him is to be kadosh. And you share that by doing chesed. So you are sharing your kedusha with the recipient of your chesed. So it's a very very good, uh, I think, uh, strategy to be aware that this is what we're doing, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to climb the ladder of Kedusha by finding more Kedusha, by developing the Kedusha, which is within our potential, inside and outside. And then the highest level is share that Kedusha with the outside. The most best level, of course, sharing the Kedusha with people, but also sharing Kedusha with things, especially the Jewish people in Israel. We share our Kedusha with the land of Israel. Okay, so this was really, so as we said, getting back to the sin of the Eitz Hadas, yes, there was a, a, a possibility for other Menchava to sin before they ate from the Eitz Hadas, but they would only sin if they had a false rationality. So the Nochash tells Chava, oh, you want to live a life of Kedusha, access and process and, and give it to others. If you eat from the Eitz Hadas, Tovarah, you'll have more ability to do that. Because he says, if you eat from that tree, V'yisem Kelohim Yodei Tovarah. Basically, the, the rationale, if you, I think he could even say, is that he's saying, if you will allow yourself to get to that deeper level of temptation. In other words, that the evil will be within you and you will conquer that internal evil that will create more Kedusha than if you just battle the outside evil. So, it's, you'll get more Kedusha. In fact, you can say that after the fact of eating of the eight Sadas, it does turn out that people after the fact of, of the Eitz Hadas, if they are successful in this battle, they achieve higher level Kedusha than if they would never have eaten from the Eitz Hadas. The Gemara says that that a person who never sins has a certain level, a great level being a Tzaddik, but someone who does sin and then pulls himself out of that and goes higher to become good, is greater level. In other words, he gets more Kedusha by defeating the evil into which he fell. This is called the concept of Yerida Sorachalia. When you go down, that really ultimately, if you handle that down situation properly, it winds up that you are greater than had you never had the down. This, by the way, is a very, very important idea as we go through life. We have a lot of challenges, almost constantly, daily, and many of them pull us down. So we shouldn't get depressed and upset, because this is part, so to speak, for the obstacle course. We're in an obstacle course where we jump over the obstacle, but sometimes the obstacle, we, we bang into it and we fall down. But it means we sh- it is, this is necessary for us to then get up and jump again and go over the obstacle. So s- doing the chet, doing the sin, t- 
turns out to really be in the long run better than never having sinned at all. Because the Baal Shub is greater than the Tzaddik, and he gets more Kedusha. However, that was the Nachash's argument that she should go into this with Adam, and Adam also accepted the Nachash's argument. Otherwise, if he didn't accept it, then why is he being punished? He must have accepted it. So it must be that they said, yes, it's better for us to be tempted internally to have these irrational type of impulses which are pushing us to do bad things because if we can control this irrational impulse, it's going to make us more holy than if we just have to fight some misguided thinking, some misguided calculation. The, the, the Yetzer, of the, of course, speak of the Seichel, but if I can overcome the Yetzer of, of the Ruach, of these impulses, I'll get to a higher level. It's not a bad argument because indeed that's exactly what happened. They did sin with the Eitz Hadas, and the fact is that, this, that we are in this world where we have to fight the Eitz Hara, which is inside, and get to the Kedusha of going beyond that. But you know what? The, the Sfarim say, the Chesidish Sfarim, the Kabbalistic Sfarim say, that the Olam Haba, that today's world will go into, is there going to be a greater Gan Eden than the Gan Eden of Adam Vachava. Adam Vachava were on some level of Gan Eden, but the people who come later, who sin, and after so many years, etc., they'll be what we call the Tikkun HaOlam, the present world condition will be fixed, and the world will then go into Olam Abad, the next level of the world. That Olam Abad of the future will be a Gan Eden level, which that Gan Eden will be even greater than the original Gan Eden of Adam Vachava, because it will mean that we have overcome the Yetzirah, which is within us, not just the Yetzirah of the Yetzirah, which was a Yetzirah, which was outside Adam Vachava, and as we explained, the outside Yetzirah is a question of, rash, of ra- rational or irrational, making a good re- rational judgment or making a bad rational judgment. It's all a question of logic. But the Yetzirah, which is within us, after the Yetzirah, is irrational. It, just Im- it has to do that time with just impulses, which we don't even know where it comes from. Some rut zone to do this, to do that, and it's really not good. So... That's a more tougher job. So eventually, when people will overcome that, we'll get to an Olam Abon Ganein, which is greater. So that was really the fact. But so why was this, why was Adam and Chava punished? They, they, it's correct. What the Nachash said is correct. Yes. Isn't that Echt of Ashav? Right. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a kind of Echt of Ashav. Right. Mm-hmm. Why does that work? <laughs> why does Echt of Ashav? Yeah. Chava told Adam, oh, let's do this so we can get a greater reward. But since, that would become Vali Tshuva. That's, That's Echdav Ashev, correct. You're saying yeah. well. You're saying well. <laughs> You're saying well. You know, even though the rationality of it is logical, it is truly logical, by being an Echdav Ashev, we'll get to a higher level. But they're not allowed to do this, because Echdav is what's in Hashem, not to do it. So it's a very good answer. The answer is 100% correct. Uh, there's a pasuk someplace, I'm paraphrasing it, maybe it's in Kohelet. Don't be too smart. If God says you can do this and not do this, even though your logic says I should do what God says not to do, because I'm, and in the long run God will be happy with me, but you're not allowed to, God says don't do it, Altus, don't be so smart, just suspend your logic, it's God's rock zone, God tells us yes and no, and sometimes he's telling us don't do what's logical. It may be logical, but I'm saying I don't want you to do it, so therefore we shouldn't do it. Correct. Echta ba'ashuv is not a policy, even though it is truly going to wind up better, but we're not allowed to do this. We're not allowed to do the echta ba'ashuv. That's a very good point. Also, that's one answer, which I like. There is another answer, which is a very startling answer, and that's the answer which the Ariya Kadosh gives. The Riyad Kadosh says, Adam and Chava were supposed to eat from the Eitz Hadas. They were. It was created for them to eat from. The problem was, God said, don't eat from it now. But he was going to give them a license to eat from it a short time later. They were created on Friday. 
and many of them medrashim say that the eight sadas were grapes, were grapes. So in a few hours, it would have become Shabbos, and they would have had to make Kiddush, and Hashem would have told them, take the grapes from the eight sadas and turn it into grape juice and wine and make Kiddush. That's what the Rebbe says. And they would have been eating or drinking the grape juice, wine, from the eight sadas on Shabbos. And he says, had they waited, they would have gotten this this Yetzirah within them. However, it would have come via Shabbos. So therefore, had it come via Shabbos, it would have been an internal Yetzirah, but it would have been much, much more manageable. You wouldn't have had what did happen because they jumped the gun, so it became an unmanageable Yetzirah. So, you know, up to and including today, since then, till today, the irrational, evil behavior of people is just off the charts. How can anyone explain why Putin, one man, decided to conquer Ukraine in one day, two days, three days, because that's what he thought. And then it turned out it didn't work that way. So he should have saved face, said something, and pulled his people out. No. He has to go on and on and on and on and on for months, months, years. He will blow up every house. He will kill every person in the Ukraine just because he decides. So it's totally irrational. It's totally irrational. Crazy. But that's the irrational of the Yetzirah. It, it becomes many times unmanageable. It just takes control and it becomes unmanageable, as we see in this particular case of uh, Russia with Ukraine. And now the Iranians are getting involved, which is also completely irrational. Why in the world would Ukrainians want to start up with the whole West? I don't know, it's crazy. But people have this irrational evil within them, which takes control and makes them do totally... That's the Eitz Hadas, which they did eat on the Friday. If they would have waited for Shabbos, they would have impulses, and maybe they would do a sin. But if it didn't work, they would pull back, they would stop. They wouldn't go to literally the suicidal level like the people of the Mabu. It was suicide mamish. And, and Rashi says, it was raining, raining. And Noah was telling them, you will be destroyed. And they wouldn't stop. Like stone. Stone will not stop even after the four kings destroy it. Still the king of Sodom says, give me the people. I want to go back and rebuild this crazy society. So, the level of irrationality which evil took after the sin of Eitz Hadas is literally, it's an irrationality which is totally irrational. It's, so, but had they waited for Shabbos, that the Ariyah says, it would have gotten in, they would have had an impulse, but if they see it doesn't go, they would have stopped and pulled back. They would have done tshuva much, much quicker. Much, much quicker. And then then, of course, they would get the super-duper Gan which is controlling the internal impulse. However, it worked out the other way, so we have to, unfortunately, going on for many thousands of years, we have to, uh, you know, do what they didn't do in this situation. Okay. Now, Hashem wants people to succeed. That's a very important So, He's not here to make us fail. He wants us to succeed. Okay, it's like, I mean, I'm a teacher. I have 30 boys in my shift. Do I want them to succeed or to fail? I want every single one to succeed. Now, give a test. The, the goal of the test is to make them learn and study and pass the test and do well on the test, not to make people fail. The goal is to make people succeed. Hashem for sure wants people to succeed. So Hashem said, the Eitz Hadas happened. It's a really bad situation. The Mabel is a, the Mabel is about. If they don't stop, I have to destroy everybody except Noah. I feel terrible. These are my siyota. These are people I created. I don't want to destroy my people. So I'm going to give them four gifts. I give them Torah. The Medrash says we give them Torah. You sue him. Uh, Suffering, Kabanos, and Tfila, and Davening, they take these four gifts, then they'll have the tools 
to succeed in this very difficult situation of an internal, impulsive, irrational, very difficult Yetzirah. So, he offered this to them, and they apparently turned it down. In other words, Noach was there, and he was a prophet, and he's talking to Hashem. They could have listened something to Noach, and then Noach would have been like Moshe Rabbeinu. He would bring the Torah down to them. In fact, Dabi Kadosh says that Moshe Rabbeinu is the Gilgul of Noach. Noach failed with his generation, and, and Hashem recycled, he says, the souls of the Doa Mabu. He recycled those souls of the people who died in the flood, brought them back as the children of Yaakov. They, were, they became the slaves of Egypt, and Moshe was the Gilgal of Noach. Moshe was the Gilgal of Noach, and the Hasidish from have lots of Ramazim, Gematrius, and all kinds of Ramazim, and things to show that truly Moshe is the fixing of Noach. What Noach didn't do, Moshe was able to do to bring down the four gifts. Now, what are these four gifts? And before, we, before Hashem has Moshe come and give it to the Jewish people, we have in the, in between the flood, we have Avram, and then we have going to Mitzrayim, and Tzias uh, Mitzrayim. And then Moshe comes and gives us the Torah, and the other gifts, we'll soon see what they are. So why did we have to have like this interim situation? The flood, then of course the, the, the Tower of Babel was another attempt. God said maybe after the flood we'll let people become united and they'll be united. Maybe then they can get their act together and do the right thing, but it turned out that that was also a failure. Okay, okay fine. And then, after that comes Avraham, Yisuk, and Yaakov. Then they go into slavery, and then they come back, and then they get the Torah. So there's a, there's a whole talich, there's a whole historical process going on until you get the, finally get the Torah. So the B'Shad so is like this. Hashem was, was trying to get people to do the right thing. So Adam and Chava would have created the whole world like that. They failed. Then he's tried through Noach again to get all the people on board with the Torah and, and, and other things to do the right thing. That failed. Then he tried the third time with the, the people of the Babylonia to build the tower, they'll be united humanity, and maybe they'll get their act together. But it turned out to be a tyranny. They used their to make a communist tyranny that everybody has to do what the state says, build this tower, and if you die doing it, no one cares. The main thing is you have to do what the society wants. The individual is nothing. So it turned out to be a Stalinist Nazi tyranny, the Doha Flaga, and that was also a failure. So then comes Avraham. When Avraham comes along, Hashem is changing the plan. The original plan was all of people will get on track and maybe there'll be individuals there who will get all the people on track. That failed by Noach, that failed by the Tower of Babel. So then was Hashem said, I'm switching plans. We're going to do something else. Avraham comes along. Now Avraham was a unique person and he felt somehow First of all, he discovered Hashem in the world of Abu Dazara, and through a lot of self-work, working on himself, he actually became a prophet and spoke to Hashem. And he felt that he is going to do what Noach failed to do. He will fix the world, because that's what the goal is. The goal is to get the world on track. So he goes to Orkaz, he's born in Orkazdin, Orkazim was the, was, the, was the cent Mesopotamia, that was the center of civilization in the world at the time. And he's preaching, but he fails. Because his father tried to kill him, the emperor Nimrod tried to kill him, he escaped, 
and Hashem says, I'm sorry, you can't do it here, you have to leave. Lech lecha, you're not going to fix them. Then he goes to Canaan, he goes to Haran, also tries, doesn't, doesn't succeed there, goes to Canaan, Canaan is trying, but it doesn't, that's, the Sodom, Sodom doesn't buy into the message at all. The other Canaan and Dom, they respect him, but they will not listen to his message. Then he goes to Egypt, another big center of civilization. Failure. Power doesn't want to buy into it. So Abraham fails Noah's mission. Many places, Wakazdim, Canaan, Mitzrayim, all the centers of civilization he's trying. Failure. So Hashem tells him, Lazarachah, he says, I've switched the plan. <laughs> Instead of trying to fix the world, fix yourself. Fix yourself and fix your children. And the children become a, a nation. And once this nation will get fixed properly, then this nation will be the trigger for the rest of the world. So, it looks pretty good, at least at the beginning. Abram is doing fine with Yitzchak, and Yitzchak is doing fine with Yaakov. The problem is, Yaakov has 12 sons, and they're supposed to be the beginning of the nation, and they, as they say, screw it up, they ruin it. The 10 sell one, Yosef is a slave to Egypt. Disaster. Based on what? Impulse. They have an impulse. They think he's a rat, a snake, a skunk, whatever, and get rid of this guy as a brother. What are you doing? Brother, you saw him as a slave, so they give in to an evil impulse and do an act which is a disaster. So, what can Hashem do here? So Hashem says, "What we're going to do is because of this, we put all the Jews as slaves." That's what He tells Abram. He says it in this week's parsha. Maybe if we put them through slavery for such a long time they'll learn certain, they'll purge themselves of certain evil impulses. They'll learn how to control certain impulses. Which is the most, the worst impulse? Since we have to have a Jewish nation, which is a pure, an Am Kadosh, a single nation, and from then there'll be the fixing of the world. So, the first thing that this nation has to have is unity. If they're going to sell one another as slaves, it's impossible. It's an evil thing. So we have to get them united. How are we going to get them united? By making them slaves in Egypt. If they're slaves in Egypt, they're united in their misery. Okay? The most fundamental way to get united with someone else is if you're both miserable. If you're both miserable, then you, you give one another a hug and a little food you share. You help one another. There's someone else in my misery, so that's... So they're there for hundreds of years, hundreds of years, suffering together. During these hundreds of years, they learned Ava Yisrael, or Achva. They learned to be united in love and, and, and to help one another. So that's why it became a very, very deep characteristic of the Jewish people. Ama Chesed. It's a nation which does charity. I saw a very nice word. The Kotzke Rebbe says, he says, it says, like in this week's Pasha, Hashem tells Avraham, this blessing, that blessing, and then he finishes off, and Rashi writes, they're going to be, he tells Avraham, they're going to be you, you have a son, and a grandson, Avraham and Yaakov, all great, wonderful people. You'll be the last one under Chasim, as we make a bracha, and the end of that bracha we say, Bracha to Hashem, Morgain Avraham. Bracha Why? This is Bracha, Veye Bracha. Rashi says, even though the three others are mentioned, but the one who's going to get the spotlight at the end is going to be Bracha. Bracha to Hashem, Morgain Avraham. That's what Rashi writes. What's the pshat? What's the meaning of this Rashi? So the Kotzke Rebbe says, When I saw it, my mom has jumped. I have an unbelievable pshat. 
he says like this: each of the each of the three avos gave the Jewish people a very very important characteristic, a midah. That midah is the basis of the Jewish character, and that's what gets us through history and eventually to achieve Gan Eden and Olam above the future, because we have the midos of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. So Avraham, his midah is Chesed. He was the nicest guy in the world. Helped everybody, ready to give his life for anybody. The best guy around. He's chesed. Yitzhak is gevura. Yitzhak is ready for Messias Nefesh. Gives his life for Hashem. He's amazing. He's so dedicated to the truth. Yitzhak is gevura. Then Yaakov, he is Teferes. He knows family. He marries four wives, builds of children, he literally creates the Jewish home. Very important. Chesed, Gevura, Teferes. So, so, and also, Yaakov, they say, is Torah. Because Yaakov sat in the tent of Shem Ve'eva for 14 years, so he's considered the pillar of Torah. So let's say, Chesed is Avraham, Yitzhak is Gevura, and Torah, family, is Yaakov. Says the Kotzka, as the Jewish nation goes through history, it uses all three of these things. Chesed. There's a lot of chesed. Jews are always at the forefront, fixing and helping, building hospitals, fighting for rights of labor, fighting for civil rights. You name it, the Jews are there. They're chesed. Gevura. Yitzchak, Gevura. The Jews are fantastic. They give up their lives for Hashem again and again and again for Torah. Millions and millions of Jews have been killed because of our faith. And we don't give it up. We don't give it up. We're so loyal. We have the Gvura of Yitzchak. And then, of course, Talmud Torah. We learn Torah. Make Jewish families. It's Yaakov. Says the Kotzka. What's going to be at the end of all the days as you go through Jewish history? You get to the very end and then have to have a certain one of those three things will get us over the finish line, will get us to Mashiach, will get us to Olam Abba. Which one? Chesed? Gevura? Or Torah? So he says, The thing which will get us at the end over the line to get to Olam Abba will be the Chesed. The Jewish Chesed at the end of days will be supreme. Maybe they won't be keeping the Torah. Maybe they'll be intermarrying. Maybe do all kinds of crazy things based on the Torah. But Chesed will always be there. There will be the, the top of Chesed. B'chor Chosman. They, they may be intermarrying, so they're not ready to give up their life for the faith. They're throwing the faith away. But Chesed, they will always be doing. So he says, B'chor Chosman. The Jewish tzuchus, which will get us into Olam Abba, is the chesed. And the emphasis of Botai, we're living mamish at the very end of the Jewish history, in the world history, mamish, there's no question about it. We're back in Eretz Israel. Now with this election, we have an incredible memshalah, first time since the founding of the state, that the from people, the from, the from side, has more votes in the Knesset than the other not-religious party, which is the government. The government has 65 seats, the new government, 32 are Likud, and 33 are from Shas, Degelatoa, Mavdal. The first time in history that the majority of the government is officially religious. Shomer Shabbos. It's incredible. Mamish. It's a mess, such a mess. It always was the film people had one party in there, had 10 seats, 15 seats. The non religious was always the majority of Israeli governments, always. The last government also was, even the Arabs were the last government. All of a sudden, a nace, the majority of the government, out of 65 votes, 33 are from, plus from the 32. At least 16 are from, because half of the Likud people wear yarmulkes. 
So it means if a gomer is 65, could be 40. 45, 50. Hashem Meshav is amazing. So with Mamish at the end, I hold this Mamish at the end. This is one of the biggest signs of, of Mashiach coming that I have seen in my, my lifetime. So I things. This is, I would say, equivalent to the Six-Day War. I lived through the Six-Day War. Israel defeated the whole Arab world in six days. It was a miracle off the charts. This is also a miracle off the charts within Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael woke up. For 30 years, Am Yisrael is confused. They don't know should we be in Israel. Maybe it's democratic. Maybe it's Arab. Maybe it's, we don't own the country. We should trade land for peace. All kinds of confusion for at least 30 years. Finally, all of a sudden, yesterday, Jewish people woke up. We want Jews. It's a Jewish country. It's a Torah country. And we want to run it on the Torah. And we're going to make a government like that. Mamish, right before Mashiach. So what's the big schus? The big schus, chesed. that Chatzka said. This level of chesed that Am Yisrael has been doing, especially the last hundred years, is incredible, especially now it's as well. The amount of chesed is off the charts. Mamish off the charts. So, because of this level of chesed, that gets us over the finish line to Mashiach. That's what my pshat in the Kotzka, what he says about the Rashi of Bechachosmin. But anyway, good. So anyway, so we, we come to Moshe Rabbeinu, and he gives us the Torah, and according to the Shem Shmuel, these are the four gifts which were supposed to go to the generation of the Mabu, now go to the Jews by What are the four gifts? Torah, Yesurim, Kabanos, and Tefillah. So Shem Mishmuel explains one of the the four gifts. He said like this, the human soul, the human soul has four levels. One level is the intellect, the Seichal, Let's call that the neshama. Then there's a level of the emotional soul. Call that the ruach. Love, hate, things like that. Then we have the physical level of the soul. The biology. Our tongues, our lungs, our bodies. But the body, physical. And then, and that's, so we have what we call nefesh, ruach, neshama. Nefesh is physical, part of the human being, life experience, the ruach is his emotional, and the neshama is the intellect, and then on top of all of those three, the fourth level he called Selim Elohim Selim Elohim means the spiritual level of the soul, okay there's a big discussion are we talking about four souls or one soul which has four levels I, I, I'm confused about this whole thing, is it one soul with four levels or four souls the Tanya somehow he thinks there are two souls. Somehow he takes these four things and divides it into two pieces. Because one thing he calls Nefesh Bahamas and the other he calls Nefesh Elokis. Anyway, I don't know. I don't understand all of this. But, but I, I like to look at it. One soul, but four levels. Okay, so sometimes my physical part is, you know, I have a pain in my neck and my back. That's my Nefesh soul. Uh, or I eat a good supper and I enjoy it. So that enjoyment is coming from the nefesh. Sometimes it's the ruach is prominent in my emotions. I'm singing, I'm crying. The ruach is taking, you know, being more prominent. Sometimes it's my intellect. I'm studying a Rambam, I'm writing a term paper, I'm using my intellect. And sometimes it's Selim it's spiritual. Davening, doing mitzvot, getting to Shlaim, going to Kedushan. The Kedush, that's itself, So basically, he says like this to Shem Shmuel. Really, if we just had those three parts, Nefesh, Shuch, Neshama, Guf, and, and, and Leiv, and Seichel, we had only those three things, people would be in eternal conflict. There would be eternal conflict. My mind is telling me one thing, my emotions are telling me something else, my body is telling me a third thing. Conflict would be in, would be constant because these different parts of the soul, maybe three souls, are fighting one another all the time. The guf wants this, the ruach wants that, the nesham wants something else. So there has to be something which unites everything and calms everything down. That it should work the right way. That he says is that 
people have a spirituality. That spirituality, holiness, is the true arbiter, the true driver, and should be in the driver's seat to drive. So if you want to know, should I eat or not eat? What does my Selim Kim say? I didn't daven shachwas yet. No, not supposed to eat. Daven shachwas, should eat. So the goof is controlled by the Tzalem I want to get angry at somebody. What does my Tzalem Kim say? What is my God? I should get angry, not get angry, not get angry. If I'm following the Rebbe I speak calmly. So, and I want to study. I want to study Christian theology. I want to study Torah theology. What did Salam Kim say? Study the Torah. So, in order to, to get the right guide, I need a strong Salam Kim. So, so he says like this, these are the four gifts. It's Torah, Yesuvim, Kabanos, and Tefillah. It's very interesting how he puts it. You don't necessarily have to agree with what he does, but he says like this, Torah is the gift for the intellect. You want to know how to think logically in a Tzalem Elohim way, in a proper way? Use a Torah. The Torah is the guide for the intellect. Now, Kabanos, he says, Kabanos are the guide for the emotions, for the Ruach. Because when you go to the base of English with the carbon, you go there for one of two reasons. Either you're coming to give thanks, to sing songs, you really, so you have a Ruach of Shabbat and Hallel, or sometimes you sinned and you want to do tshuva and you feel bad. So you go to the base of English, you're upset. So that's the, uh, that's the other kind of an emotion that a carbon could be, being called Machatos, called Mosham. So you work out. Your sad emotions, they're the positive, ha- happy emotions. It's a carbon toda, bikurim, in the base of Migdash. And then sometimes you have sad and you're upset. Go to the base of Migdash to work that out. Carbon chatos. So kabonos are for the ruach. Right? The Torah is for the neshama, the seichel. The kabonos are for the ruach. And then he says, yisurim are for the guf. People suffer physically. That fixes the goof. In other words, if a person's very strong, he's always healthy, he takes his body for granted, it can make him a very self-centered person. Because he's powerful. If he has pain, the pain, the Yisurim will, he'll appreciate when God gives him health. Because he had Yisurim, he had physical pain. So he's not, first of all, he knows he's not king of the world. Look, he has all kinds of pains. Second of all, when Hashem helps and he gets better, now he appreciates that. So he learns, Yisurim help person channel his goof the right way. And he says more than that, he says, not just physical Yisurim, there are emotional Yisurim. The person does sins and he has to do tshuva. Very difficult emotional suffering. Because it's so hard to change. It's so hard to lick a bad habit. So, there's the Yisurim of Tshuva. Yisurim of learning how to do the right thing. So that's the, but, and, but he said that fixes the goof. Because if a person does Tshuva, he beha- he's going to behave the right way to do the right things. So his goof is fixed through the Yisurim of Tshuva. That's what he wants to say. And then, Tefillah, he says, is for Tzalem Elohim. Because what is Tefillah? Tefillah is connecting, talking to Hashem. You're one-on-one, face-to-face. So what greater exposure to holiness is there than Tefillah? It's the greatest exposure. In front of Hashem, Panim al Panim. So a person gets Kedusha. Through Tefillah, he gets a, a, a direct dose of Kedusha. So his Tzalem Elohim is being upgraded and fixed through the Tefillah. So that's why he says these are the four gifts which a Jew has. A Jew has... The Torah, which is the guide, intellectual guide, all kinds of suffering, which fixes his way he behaves. Then he has to make sacrifices to get emotionally at the right, the right place. And, and Trila, prayer, will get him to Kedusha. Okay, so both time. 
Noach and the generation unfortunately didn't get it. The generation, the flood didn't get it. Even Avram couldn't get the people of the generation to do it. Even Avram's great-grandchildren weren't able to do it, so they couldn't get the Torah. They had to go to Egypt. But finally, by Moshe, the Jewish people did get it after all the years of suffering. They were ready to accept the Torah, the Yesurim. You see that Jews are ready not just to keep Torah for thousands of years, but they're ready to suffer for Torah. Yesurim, we have Yesurim all the time. Physical, emotional, and people are always bringing sacrifices for being Jewish. We sacrifice and we always pray. So these are maybe four fundamental characteristics of the Jewish character, which is eternal. Learn Torah. Sacrifice for your beliefs. Be ready to pay the price of suffering. And always pray. Always pray to Hashem. And you will be able to achieve the perfection of life, the perfection of being Jewish. And then, once the Jewish people are perfected, then we kick into the Mashiach era, where the whole world now will be fixed. Because this single people was able to finally get it right and get everything fixed in their lives, then Hashem will roll it out to the rest of the world. It's already beginning also. You see, you go to the cartel and you see, uh, basically they say millions of guys are coming every year to the cartel now. Then there was also a phenomenon about a month ago. There was an old Jewish song which I heard about 30 years ago from a Miami Boys Choir. It went viral. It went on something, I don't know what, you know, every, every week they create a new platform. So some platform, I don't know what it is, they put this song up, and as we talk, they had already over 100 million hits. Over 100 million Goyim are listening to the Miami Boys Choir song. What song is it? What's it called? Yushalayim. Yushalayim. Sing about Yushalayim. Song about Yushalayim, from Jewish song, over 100 million Listeners, and they say the most popular place is in Japan. In Japan, 50 million hits just for this one Jewish song already in Japan. So, this is certainly a Mashiach event. I mean, it's all a sign of Mashiach. There's amazing interest all of a sudden in Jewish things. An amazing interest of Gaim in Jewish things. It's really absolutely incredible, and it's a sign that Mitzvah when Mashiach will come, which means Am Yisrael will be fixed properly, the rest of the world will, will, will learn and will also become fixed. Like it says in Nevi'im, we're reading this in the Nevi'im now almost every week, that the Goyim will, will get the lead of, we said it on Sukkot, we said it now last week, every week almost since the beginning of the Chagim, this is the message. Mir Tzishem, we should be Zohar, for Guru Shleim of Mehrim,